In 2014, music legends Paul McCartney and Kanye West teamed up to create the track Only One, a tribute to West's daughter, North. The song was moderately successful, reaching number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100, but more memorable than the song itself is the younger generation's reaction to it. Quote, Who the fuck is Paul McCartney? This is why I love Kanye, for shining light on unknown artists. A tweet from Twitter user, at Curved Daily. This tweet, and many others like it, shocked older generations, who assumed that humans were born with an intrinsic knowledge of popular musicians from 60 years ago. These same shocked individuals then claimed that the younger generation's late discovery of an incredibly famous musician is evidence that young people are dumb and bad. This is not the first time this has happened, and certainly not the last. Even young musicians catch flack for not being up to date on every popular act your dad paid a nickel to see live way back when. Singer Billie Eilish was roasted online for not knowing the members of Van Halen in 2019. Even when young people do know all the old people's music, these old farts still try and make you feel bad for not discovering the music in the same way they did. And sure, it is kind of embarrassing to say you discovered a song from the hit Marvel film Guardians of the Galaxy, or from a TikTok of a cool dude longboarding and slugging ocean spray, but good music is good music, right? Well, it's happened again. Young people have discovered old people stuff again, and the internet is on fire. Hit Netflix series and 80s nostalgia machine Stranger Things has made the children aware of Kate Bush's hit single from 1985 off her fifth studio album, Hounds of Love. Bush initially shook the UK at the age of 19 in 1978 when her song Wuthering Heights topped the charts, making her the first female artist to hit number one in the UK with a self-written song. All ten of her studio albums hit the top ten in the UK, but even with her massive success in the UK, she was only moderately successful in the States. So it is that her most popular 80s release is just now in 2022 cracking the top ten on the Billboard Hot 100 in the States, a first for any Kate Bush release. Although the song was wildly popular upon release and even more popular now, it struggled to make it out of the recording studio as Bush's label was hesitant to release the song under its original title, A Deal With God. The label feared that mentioning God in the title would stop the track from getting airtime in several countries including Ireland, France, and Australia. The executives also wanted to release Cloud Busting as the lead single for the album. Bush insisted that A Deal With God better represented the album, and so a compromise was made. Bush's preferred single was released, but under a different name. The new name stuck, but the original title can still be seen on the album version, trailing behind the compromised title. That's right, we're talking Running Up That Hill, brackets A Deal With God by Kate Bush on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one can run up a building with no problem. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my not-unhappy co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, what's going on? I'm not unhappy, that's for sure. That's for damn sure, but is there thunder in your heart? Is there thunder? Uh, no, it was raining, but I don't think it was thundering. Oh yeah. It's mostly sorted itself out, though. Well, that's delightful. Um, glad to hear it, Alex. Alex, what's going on with that theremin? Let's get it out of the way right now. Okay. What's happened um, to it? Nothing's happened with the theremin this week. It's I'm, I'm still like figuring out how to have a normal schedule again, and it's not mm. going super well. It's going okay. Oh, right. You're it's on getting mixed, better. mixed work commute But now, things right? keep, like, I keep, yeah, which is actually pretty good, but uh, I just have to get into a, a rhythm, you know? Oh, yeah. And if there's one thing a theremin doesn't have, it's rhythm. That's right. It's not a rhythm instrument. I mean, it could be, but like, you really got to bring that rhythm. It's not like 
like a guitar where the I mean the the way you play it at least in in the strumming like there's a there's a rhythm there right and I guess you are still bringing the rhythm but I feel like strumming is inherently somewhat rhythmic whereas I don't know of an inherently rhythmic way to play the theremin well yeah because it essentially just emits a tone that you alter yeah and uh I mean uh with the volume sure but you Mm -hmm. gotta move your hand in some strange ways that aren't conducive necessarily to playing the instrument. So, right. Or not directly related to it anyway. So, well. I'm sorry to say there's not much to say about a theremin, but I did realize something because I've been trying to like at least get like some scales in on the guitar mm-hmm. and stuff. I've not tried this before, but I played with the like rounded end of, of a pick and I think mm-hmm. that sounds pretty cool. Hell yeah. I don't know why I've never done that before. You're too scared to try something new, Alex. Too scared to try something new. Specifically with like a very thick one, which is interesting because a lot of the stuff I've seen is like, play when you're strumming with a very thin pick and it will sound much better. But I'm using like a heavy pick and and the the back end or the Mm -hmm. one of the back corners, right? Because they're triangular more or less. Yeah. Anyway. I had to use every quarter on a a pick. (laughs) Because you destroyed them? Yeah, because I just fucking just turn them into dust. And I'm yeah. like, well, I gotta use a different corner now. <laughs> um, which I don't know if that's just because bass strings are thick, my picks are flimsy, or I'm bad at playing bass, but I don't know. I also I saw something that said you should also play bass with a very thin pick. And by mm. saw something, I mean it was uh oh, what's the guy from uh from I don't remember his name. The guy Doesn't from matter. Fuck. My favorite film. Um, Alex. Yeah. The 80s are back. Yeah, well, they pick are. Up, pick up the rotary phone, landline. The 80s are back. Yeah, Russia is uh, is aggressive. And yeah. Invading people. Tears for uh, Fears released a new Tears album for Fears this year. Released an album. Uh, there's a there's a Top Gun movie. That's right. Out. Kate Bush is at the top of the charts. That's right. Uh, there's, there's a, a new, Ninja Turtles game yeah, coming Ninja out. That's probably more 90s, but out. there's a Ninja Turtles late uh, 80s. video game coming out next week. And there's us talking about the 80s again. Yeah, it's like junior high school all over again. Yeah, buddy. That's when we were, that's when the 80s last <laughs> came back. I mean, certainly the la- we were re- into it enough. Never stop being into it. Alex? Um, my question to you. So this yeah. has come up. It's come up because of a TV show. One, are you a Stranger Things fan at all? Um, I've seen some episodes and they're fine, but I haven't ever sat down. Like, I watched the first episode. I think I've right. seen bits of other ones. It seems right. interesting. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff. I like conspiracy stuff and aliens and monsters. I've just never gotten around to actually watching it. Fair enough. I watched the first two seasons and I was like, well, that's enough. I, I said to myself, I've seen Stranger Things. <laughs> how could this get stranger yeah so i did not know about the trailer that made this song popular again or or the scene i think it was in a trailer it is in fact a scene? a scene okay so uh, yeah it's this one character has a, a walkman and they at some point are i don't know going sicko mode or something and then they they bring them back to reality by popping in this hit tune i actually was 
like followed a similar path though because there was a youtube video i watched right. that came out i think really really shortly before this the new season of stranger Things, right that was talking about this song and i was like that's neat and then suddenly i saw the song everywhere and i was like is this a case of now i know it exists right like and you learn it was it word. always there but no it just by some i think coincidence these two things happened and and it just happened to learn about this thing at the same time as everyone else right just in a slightly different path yeah i guess that was my next question is any familiarity with kate bush not for this only because of it was it was um a trash theory video on youtube mm. there's a whole video on on uh this song and the circumstances around it Right. And it was really interesting, and I watched it, and then suddenly it was everywhere, and I thought that was—I was like, "Is it? Is this channel that popular?" I didn't think so. It's like, wow, this channel's changing. Not that the it's world. not popular, you know. <laughs> right. But no, it's—it's uh, it's Stranger Things, apparently. It's Stranger Things, baby. Yeah, it's weird because earlier this year I started listening to this song, like I had known it before loosely, and then I was like, "Yeah, a Kate Bush song is pretty good." And so I just like looked it up on Spotify and started listening to it, and now it's super popular this year. Yeah. So I think I was actually the big influence, the yeah. big changer. I mean, someone had to start it, right? Somebody had to. But honestly, my only experience of Kate Bush prior to this was way back in either, I think, 2014 or 2015. There was a play. There was an independent Canadian play that my sister and I went to see called... What the fuck was it? It was called Kate Bowie. Oh. And it was... So we thought it was based on fact, but then it turns out it was just a, it was a whole fiction. It's the whole cloth nonsense. So the, the fiction was that... Oh, just a big lie. It's just a big lie. <laughs> That's was upsetting because they were like, in 1981, Kate Bush and David Bowie rented out a cabin in the middle of the nowhere and tried to record an album together. No oh. recordings have ever been heard from the session. I was like, wow, this sounds like a hot piece of rock and roll history. It does, it was actually, lie. That, when they presented that never that happened. Way. So we get, and that's how it was presented. And so I was like, well, this is bullshit. And so then you go and watch the play, and then they're not even David Bowie and Kate Bush. They're a Canadian couple pretending to be David Bowie and Kate what? Bush. Yeah! <laughs> couldn't even then, spring for the real ones. That they, would make it a real, real story. One. But, like, and I mean, even in the fiction of the play, they're not actually David Bowie and Kate Bush. Oh, oh okay, okay. But they're like... <laughs> pretending to be yeah so they're pretend they they rent out a cabin to 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 relive this fake scenario that didn't exist i see that, uh, so th it's, <laughs> it's very upsetting to me <laughs> to make up a piece of history and then be like and here's a, a a couple who then went out to relive this piece of history that i made up <laughs> Go, uh, fuck you that's not interesting too many layers of meta here <laughs> Yeah, and then One sometimes they would many. play music, and then but sometimes the, and there was like a a projector in the back, and it would be like this is this song, and sometimes it was a David Bowie or Kate Bush song, but sometimes it was a Kanye West song, and you're like, who fucking cares? <laughs> Who's this guy Kanye West is singing with? Sounds yeah, old. This this old man that Kanye West is performing with. So that was my previous Kate Bush knowledge. I think that kind of turned me off of her. Cause I was like, yeah, it's, it's not even, she's not even real. <laughs> she's a Canadian woman pretending to be pretending to be Kate Bush. Yeah. 
And so it, that's my exposure to her. I found out this week, though, because I was re-looking up that play to, to, to see if it was famous or just some bullshit. It was just some bullshit, just some independent play. <laughs> it's probably the most it's been talked about since it was originally performed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it turns out Kate Bush is a David Bowie fan, so hey, she's all Can't right in my her. books. Can't blame her. Can't say I blame her. Um, and yeah, this track's a fucking banger, as nobody's surprised to find out. Yeah, it really is, eh? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> wasn't necessarily expecting that. And I don't really have much background with Kate Bush. I think I listened to Wuthering Heights a bit like a bit ago. I don't remember. I heard it referenced somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's I the mean, other obviously thing. there's she, a book, but she's a big deal for being the first uh, female musician to top the UK charts with a self-written song. Yeah. 1978. That seems very late for that. It does. It does. But yeah, I don't know. Seth, that's history for you, man. They, they didn't used to let women write their own songs, and if they wrote the songs, they didn't let them also perform them. Perform them, right. So, And if they did let them perform them, they sabotaged it in the mix. <laughs> so it wasn't Probably. great. Um, but yeah, she's, you know, she's had, this was like her fifth album or something like that. Yeah, she fifth had album. quite a bit of material out before this, but then this was like a huge hit for her, at least in the UK. Yeah, big hit. Yeah, apparently a big reason she wasn't popular in the U.S. is she didn't tour. Right, and I remember here, like, supposedly that's why, or they had, like, a bigger budget for the um, the music videos from this album because they didn't have to put a bunch of money into the touring. Right into the tour, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, but she's always been a little, I guess, like, you'd... She's like alternative pop or whatever. Yeah. It's always been she was always a bit of an an odd one. Yeah, and she sure is a bit see. of that like art route that also like David Bowie has where he was a mime beforehand. True. Yeah, where it's a bit of like she's got a bit of like modern dancey stuff, which I guess is kind of related to like miming, where it's all about like motion and expressing yeah. yourself through motion. If you watch the videos, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Or We're definitely going to talk this. about. And damn, what a what a video and what a display of athletic ability. But Yeah. <laughs> cool first things answer. first, we got to talk about these lyrics, Alex. Yeah, let's talk about some lyrics. Let's talk about these lyrics. Should I open with a quote by... Because uh, her, her quote kind of cracks the whole thing wide open. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Kate Bush says, It's about a relationship between a man and a woman. They love each other very much, and the power of the relationship is something that gets in the way, creates insecurities. It's saying if the man could be the woman and the woman the man, if they could make a deal with God to change places, that they'd understand what it's like to be the other person, perhaps it would clear up misunderstandings. You know, all the little problems. There would be no problem. Right. And, yeah, I mean, that's the, the setup of the song, is, is this, like, Freaky Friday body swapping. Yeah, that's <laughs> that really is it. Um, but I mean, and I mean, it, it's an interesting idea. It's something that I'm sure a lot of people have thought of. Obviously, this song resonates, right? It's like if you could switch mm-hmm. places with someone, like, could they understand you? Could you understand them better? And like, what is what is the difference in experience there? You know? Yeah, and like her conclusion is much more. Uh... Like, because, like, obviously, in a Freaky Friday situation, it's played for comedy and then for learning a, a moral lesson in the end. But what she ultimately proposes here is that that not only would it be like like a relieving experience, like a very enlightening experience, but it would like it would make them superhuman in some way. But we'll we'll get to that. 
Yeah. Um, let's talk about verse one here. It doesn't hurt me. Yeah, yeah, yo. Do you want to feel how it <laughs> yeah, feels? Yeah. Yeah, yo. yeah, yo. Do you want to know? Know that it doesn't hurt me. Do you want to hear about the deal I'm making? Hmm. This is interesting. Oh, no, no, it's not interesting. I mean, it is interesting. You're right, it's uh, boring as fuck. Oh, Next no, you're right, it's not interesting. <laughs> um, how do I want to phrase this? <laughs> um, this What's the angle, Alex? first verse is all about her trying to express her own feelings about something, but it sounds like the other person is not necessarily either not understanding or not believing. Because she's trying to, like, reassure them, sort of, you know? Like, saying, it doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Do you want to like, know? Like, you no, wanna, it really, it doesn't. Do you want to feel how I feel to understand that I'm not feeling hurt yeah. right now? Um, and then also, do you want to hear about this crazy spell thing? This magic thing that's uh, Yeah, happening? she's already in talks with God at this point. She, <laughs> she's working out a deal with God. Um, yeah, she actually has a quote that kind of talks about this line that Genius brings up. This is from a 1985, the London Times interview. She says, it seems the more you get to know a person, the greater the scope there is for misunderstanding. Sometimes you can hurt somebody purely accidentally or by being afraid to tell them something because you think they might be hurt when really they'll understand. And that part there, being afraid to tell somebody seems to be what comes into play here. Mm -hmm. She's been like, it doesn't hurt me. Like, you can tell me whatever you're feeling. Yeah, and I mean, that's something I'm sure we've all come across, of the idea of, uh, is, is it better to be honest or to be um, gentle, I guess? Yeah, gentle or polite. Yeah, but a lot of the times, being dishonest just makes problems worse. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it's the theme of a million uh, episodes of television mm -hmm. as well, but it's, it's a lesson that we've, that's come up. I have definitely been told by people that I shouldn't tell them the thing I told them before. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to know sometimes. And so, what, yeah, and once somebody tells you, it's like, well, don't tell me that kind of thing. You take that to heart, and then regardless of how close you are with the person, how much you might think they might understand, you're like, well, yeah. that one time. Are they going to want to hear it? Yeah, you're like, I don't want to hurt them, so... But she's saying here, and she's really setting up, this is like the pitch, she's pitching to the partner here, being like, do you want to know how it feels? Because I'm talking to God right now, I've got yeah. God on the line. Got him on the line. <laughs> I'm about We're cooking to something a, up. A Just major we... deal here. <laughs> We're going to close this deal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the deal comes in, the but I guess there's a pre-course as well. You. Mm -hmm. It's you and me. You, it's you and me, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, because like, right off from the verse, the line is about a deal with God. So like there's a Kate Bush quote where she's like the, the title of the song to me is still a deal with God. Mm -hmm. And after kind of reading up on it and listening to it this week, I'm like, yeah, that makes more sense as the title. Yeah. Usually it's kind of the other deal. way around. It kind of seems like a compromise, right? Cause a lot of the time mm -hmm. they're like, this is, we want to call the song this, but no one's going to know what the song is. Cause it's a weird name. So in the brackets, right. we're going to put like the hook. And it's going to be like, right. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, and no one knows the name of the original name of the song. They're like, it's the one where they go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Where this is kind of the opposite, where she's like, the name of the song is something. And they're like, you cannot call it that. No one will play this song for whatever yeah. reason. It was the 80s. It was weird. I don't tell. Like, yeah, I get like, it. Know, but, man. like, she's just, uh, I don't know. Um, for religious 
for religious uh, purposes, so like all these religious nations won't play it if you yeah. make deals with so, God. So like, fine, we'll call it running up that hill because it makes sense too. Because that's uh, what the song is about—the uh, hill being right, you know, adversity or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just backwards. So you have to give it the other name and then in brackets put the the real name. That's right. Which is strange, which I'm surprised they are. allowed that at all. Yeah, it's just since they were so strong against it. But I guess when you're yeah. on the album, it's a little tucked in. It's like, oh. True. Uh, yeah, maybe the single. Yeah, maybe the didn't single is just, just straight. Uh, um, but we get to the chorus where she says, And if I only could, I'd make a deal with God, and I'd get him to swap our places. Be running up that road, be running up that hill, be running up that building. Say if I only could, oh. Yeah, there's that title. But it's not just the hill. Like, there's a road, there's a hill, there's a... There's also a building, uh, a building. which maybe the building is taller than the hill. I don't know. Um, but it, I th- Alex, how many people do you know who can run up a building? Spider-Man? And Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog? That's, <laughs> that's it. Uh, <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about with the, the suggestion of becoming like more human than human, becoming superhuman by swapping places here. I guess so. I mean, I, I think like the, the, the metaphor, I think, is... Like I said, the hills like adversity or whatever, right? The building. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, but yeah, like you, you normally can't do that, right? Like mm-hmm. running up the hill, there's more effort. Running up the building is possible, maybe not even possible. But now we can we can achieve these things because we now understand each other so well. We can solve these problems. The other thing, and I don't know how significant this is, but like road hill building to me is like increasing difficulty. Sort of like road. Sure, we're running up the road. Okay, not yeah. necessarily the most impressive thing, but like it's something. The hill, a little bit harder, and then the building is like holy shit. Yeah, that's we a ninety degree incline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's she's saying if we swapped places, like we would, we would be so relieved. We'd be breaking down these boundaries between us, and so relieved by like our perspective of each other and like our own understanding of each other, being able to see each other. What genius says is that the running up is like the a reference to the line or the, the old saying, like walking in somebody's shoes. Right. And so it's like when, if we, if we got this swap in places we would be at such ease that we would be able to run up a road, a hill and even a fucking building. Like we would become unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems to be the idea, which is, I mean, a little Evangelion in there, too. Breaking down oh, yeah. barriers between people. That's right. Congratulations. Gotta tie in Evangelion. If I <laughs> Always <can>. gotta. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other thing worth noting is making a deal with God. She, I think, originally had the idea to make a deal with the devil. Here she says, quote, I right, thought I, I remember that quote. It's a, it's a good quote. Yeah, and then she thought, and then she says, and I thought, well, no, why not a deal with God, you know? Because in a way, it's so much more powerful, the whole idea of asking God to make a deal with you. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously God's more powerful than the devil, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it also kind of flows a little better, but I guess you probably didn't have a melody at that point. Yeah, and if then, I could like, make a deal with the devil, then the it wouldn't devil. have been played. And you can make a deal with the devil, as we've we've seen in folk stories and rock and roll songs throughout history. True. Yeah, I don't know if you can make a deal with God, mm-hmm. like traditionally, at least not in the the uh, concept of God I was brought up with. No, certainly not. And so, yeah, this speaks not only to the like a wild idea dealing with God, but also sort of to the nobility of what she's trying to achieve here. It's she's trying to achieve the the human instrumentality project here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, on a small scale. But, you know, trial run. Gotta yeah, start exactly. Somewhere. Trial run. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, but those are the big points here. It's very funny how, like, almost singular this song is in its idea. Where it's like, what if we switched bodies? And then, like, every verse and chorus is like, what do we switch bodies? Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, and then there's just one more verse, right? Yeah, uh, worth noting later, a later chorus. I think it's just okay. the one. She says, uh, be running up that building with no problems. Right. Further, sort of just underlining that point. But I think we mm-hmm. kind of, we nailed that anyway. Yeah, we get the next verse, Alex. And it says, you don't want to hurt me, but see how deep the bullet lies. Unaware, I'm tearing you asunder. Oh, there is thunder in our hearts. Is there so much hate for the ones we love? Tell me, we both matter, don't we? Kind of start in with a segue, you know, from the previous one. Mm-hmm. And also, the sa- like, echoing the first line of the previous one, right? Yeah. So it doesn't hurt me. You don't want to hurt me. Like, understand that. But you can see that there is, is pain. Yeah, there's already pain here that's... You've, you've shot me with a gun somehow. And uh, so it's kind of poetic phrasing, but is it like unaware, as in like, I am unaware. Yes. And I am also tearing you asunder because you're trying not to hurt me. Yeah, it's they're both trying not to hurt each other and unaware are causing deep bullet wounds and literally yeah. tearing the other asunder. Yeah. So it's, it's to d- demonstrate that this isn't her, you know, being a victim of... Of pain, but rather the pain travels both ways. And the yeah, there's there's misunderstanding and hurt and um, not necessarily mistrust, but uh, misunderstanding. Yeah, miscommunication. There is a, uh, but there's also I guess like passion. There's like dark passion there because she says there's thunder in our hearts, right? So you there can hear the rumbling, and it's like, well, yeah, shit's going on here. There's there's a storm of ruin. Well, I guess there's not a storm brewing. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's just, I guess it's nothing. Forget like. about it. The thunder's in our hearts. Um, great line, is there so much hate for the ones we love? Yeah. That's great. And it's a very simple line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that poses a question. But um, why do you like it so much? It's that because she's talking about this this pain, this accidental pain we inflict on each other, and it's like, well, the logical conclusion is like, do we really just fucking hate the people we love so much, and that's why there is so much pain being exchanged? Right, but it's it's incidental, sort of. It's mm-hmm. like, why why can't we just shouldn't we work together to try to erase that, even though it's not uh, done on purpose? Yeah, and then there's a very, like, a good question. It's like, tell me, we both matter, don't we? This song has, like, some good, healthy relationship ideas. Yeah. In amongst all the turmoil. Usually songs are like, it's pain and suffering and everything is bad, and this one's like, let's find a way out. <laughs> we can do this together. Yeah, I mean, that's what the whole thing is about, right? It's yeah. About finding this common ground and understanding each other better, which is like, mm-hmm. a lot of songs we talk about don't have that side of it. No, it's so it's very like, like things suck and we're sad about it. Yeah, so it's a very dynamic song. Even just the whip from "Is there so much hate for the ones we love?" to "Tell me we both matter, don't we?" Yeah, and it's like yeah, we do both yeah, matter, we do. don't we? <laughs> wow. Uh yeah, and then we hit that pre-chorus. It's you and me. It's you and me won't be unhappy. Because if they achieve this body swap. Yeah. No more unhappiness because there's f- complete understanding. There's going to be complete understanding. 
Um, and that is, I think that's it for you. Oh, no, we get the bridge. The bridge. Oh, come on, baby. Come on, darling. Let me steal this moment from you now. Come on, angel. Come on, come on, darling. Let's exchange the experience. I, to me, it just seems like it's kind of describing the the the, the, the act of swapping. Yeah, yeah that's one hundred percent what it is. Know, like the the stealing a moment. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, typically works, when exactly. people like take, hey, let me grab a bit of your time. Right? It's like it's just you know focus on me for a bit. But this is like let me steal your perspective. Like let me steal yeah, okay. your actual eyes. Let me take your literal time from you, where I will be experiencing as you. And then let's exchange the experience. The door that's 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 pretty plain face. Yeah. It's two different ways of saying, buddy, let's fucking switch bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's just all kind of wrapped in this, I guess fairly like poetically minded um language. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really just has this one idea and is like, what if we did this thing? What then? And yeah. her idea of it is is very positive. Yeah, and even the way she addresses because there's, you know, in Freaky Friday, like we've brought up, which is for some reason the best touch point for this, it's always like, you don't fucking know what it's like to be me. You wouldn't last a day in my body. And then they body swap. But right. here she's like, come on, baby. Come on, darling. Like it's affectionate terms. Yeah. She's like, let's trade. Like, and we will both learn from this together. Like, again, very positive. Yeah. All the, and like that said, uh, I mean, the, the ending of freaky friday type movies including the movie freaky friday i mean the the lesson we learn is like oh i learned a little bit about you you learned a little bit about me we didn't actually understand how the other lived and now we get along better kind of thing that's right and that's yeah that's literally the goal here <laughs> yeah so it's like understand more about yeah that's it that's it that's the song what was the one there's a body swapping movie with Ryan Reynolds, where he peed in a fountain. <laughs> yeah, That's with uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, yeah. I think it's called The, the Change-Up. I remember mm. seeing that in theaters like 10 years ago. Me too. I don't know I th why. Because yeah, I, well I thought it would be funny. And I, th think I don't I thought remember it, was funny it at the time. Maybe it was funny. Uh, let's see. What's it got for reviews here, Alex? Uh, 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 it's got a 6.3 on IMDb, 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 39 on Metacritic. Hmm. Yeah, 2011. That's 11-year-old film. I think I re-watched it once. It was on Netflix. And it was, like, fine. It was okay. <laughs> it's, anyway, it's, this it's is It's about better. what you expect from a Freaky Friday rehash. Sure. Uh, this song's pretty solid, though. Yeah, I'm, like I'm not surprised people are people are liking it because I mean, I did too, right? Like, yeah, it's, we just all kind of heard it around the same time, just just by luck. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's I think it's a good song. It's fucking solid, well written, and I mean this fucking synth, Alex. Come on, yeah, pretty cool synthesizer. That's a that's a Fairlight CMI. Yeah. Which is like cutting edge synthesizer. I would compare it to um a Synclavier because I've seen right. them both and they look similar in that they're a computer with a CRT monitor and then like a big like a full piano keyboard attached. 
Yeah, I saw that wiki photo and I was like, they're like, it took a while to to get the Fairlight CMI thing worked out. And I was like, no shit, this thing like <laughs> requires a whole team to operate it. And like, it's also the 80s. So, oh, damn, do they have that? No, that's got to be a new one. I'm looking at the screen on the one on the Wikipedia page. And it's like, there's no way they had that in the 80s. Um, <laughs> maybe, though. I don't know. That's maybe. Two. I don't know. It's got cool waveforms and stuff. But yes, um, that's what's playing this sound. It's probably, it sounds like... Um, like a cello sample that's been edited, altered. Yeah, um, I guess. I've, that's what... I, I couldn't... I wouldn't know. Yeah, no, that, that's... I read that somewhere. Someone else okay. speculated that, not me. Um, but yes, it's this Fairlight CMI synthesizer, which I guess she first used when she was working with Peter Gabriel. Oh, um, we actually did sang, a duet together. Yeah, a couple songs. No Self-Control is one. I don't really know that one. Games Without Frontiers is another one. Uh, don't Give Up, but that's that's later. Um, Won't give up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she sang Backup or or Duet on, yeah. on a couple songs for him. That's where she was first exposed to it. So then she like wanted to use one, so she did on her previous album. But then um, that was kind of a mess. So then she ended up buying one. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, supposedly there were only like three other ones in the UK at the time. Fucking hell! And then she got one for her studio. Yeah, for her home studio, which is where this was like mm. first laid down on an eight-track. Yeah, using the Fairlight and then the the Lindrum electric Lindrum. drums. Yeah, that's the the rhythm. There is a a drummer on this track as well, Stuart Elliott. Stuart Elliott, yeah. Um, but yeah, they have the Lindrum doing the. Yeah, and then you, there's also a bass on this, which is hard is to there? pick up on. Yes, that's Dale Palmer playing the bass. Um, oh, right. He also programmed the Lindrum. So, and I he was think, the whole rhythm section. Yeah, he, I think he really locks in with those drums and just sure. does like a muted bass line around it. You can actually hear it. It's triplets. Just there's doing one the point. Ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, it all kind of builds because it's actually fairly simple compositionally, but then it like builds up and there's a lot of like ambient stuff and and space that gets filled. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you're highlighting Kate Bush's vocals as well, which are just killer. Um, sure. Alex, did you pick up on the balalaika in this? No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not either. I wouldn't know a balalaika if it came up and slapped me in the face. Um, I saw there was that it was credited, but I, I do not know where it plays. Yeah, credited to her brother, Patty Bush. But there is, there's a guitar in this. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, who gets credited, who's credited with playing that guitar? Yeah, oh, Alan, Alan Murphy. Murphy. Okay um are they just like raping on this balalaika uh no i doubt it yeah i don't i don't know um where that comes in yeah Seems i'm not really sure buried either. to me um but the the key elements are pretty easy to pick up on because they all come in pretty early you get this sort of like drone at the start here this then the drums rip in yeah oh i saw a description of that some oh, i can't remember who said it um Paul Hardeman, mm-hmm. who was like a producer, described it as a wind train sound. Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah, I don't necessarily know where it came from, though. I've never ridden a wind train before, but... Yeah. It's just that kind of like fade-in ambient stuff. Yeah. And then come the bump, ba da bump, ba da bump. Gotta love it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, Kate Bush. I think all the vocal tracks on this are Kate Bush. Yes, they are. 
Um, and she sounds, her voice is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. But if you compare this to like her early stuff, it's right. a lot more mellow, I think. Her right. It's changed over time the way she sang. So if you listen again, compare it to like Withering Heights, which is pretty early, one of hers, she's definitely, it, it's, I say more shrill. That's probably not the best way to describe it. But there's de- like this is more mellow for sure. Right. And I she's know de- I saw like another quote. Sharper. She was talking about her previous al- album just before Hounds of Love about how she said like, oh, it's the first time in my life I've actually liked my voice. And it's like, oh, I think I was pretty good before that too. But it's definitely like different, like a bit different. Yeah. She pulls in a little more like almost bass or like th- there's less treble in it. That yeah. Wuthering Heights has a bit of like kind of sixties, fifties throwback of when like female singers were really just like mashing that treble. <laughs> Whereas like this has a, a bit lot of, that. of things were mashing that treble. That's that's true. Like a lot of things in that time were, but like that her voice on Wuthering Heights would not be out of place, you know, twenty years prior. Yeah. But here she's got a little more like she's still definitely singing high, but there's a little theater in it that kinda that kinda spreads out, you know, you got a little more bandwidth there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely different. I wasn't expecting it to be that different, but I just played him back here, and I was that's a that's a pretty stark difference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you, and we set that up, and you get that fucking killer synth in. Yeah. There's another one that's kind of like twinkling. Yeah. In the background, I can't I can't imitate it. It's too much. Yeah. It's uh it's a little too tricky, but it is there. So yeah, there's some good synth layering in here as well. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, like, main riff, that and, like, just mm-hmm. kind of playing around. Well, again, one of those, like, shockingly simple things that just works very well. Yeah. And it plays at various times. Um, oh, I just noticed I made note, the is there so much hate for the ones we love line? That gets doubled. So, obviously, That's right. you're not the only one who likes it. Which, I, I guess, I'm There's so much hate for the ones we love! Yeah, no, it's uh, a tight line. Yeah. And then it kind of, I mean, it builds in, like, standard ways as well. We mm-hmm. get a little bit more of everything. So if you compare the pre-courses, yeah, there's more of, like, the lead, uh, which is that riff that I would describe. And then once you get to the next chorus, that twinkling synth, synth there's more of it. Everything's a bit louder. Yeah. And then it's but, just the chord changes on that, that main synth yeah. line. And then we don't get really a switch up until the bridge, mm-hmm. of course. Um Lots of doubled up vocals. There's, this is where the guitar comes in too, playing a, a shorter, kind of muted part. Yeah. Um, which I. Yeah, so a lot of the changes are in like, like yeah, stacking vocals, adding a little yeah. guitar and maybe. But yeah, that's what really makes that bridge stand out is like it's like fucking six Kate Bushes at once. Yeah, but it's just like the things that are there, there's more of them. As mm-hmm. opposed to like a million things, it's still I still don't think it's like that insanely complex. It's not, and like because the drums are like consistent the whole time. Yeah, and then the bass is consistent the whole time. So your rhythm section is just stable. Like, and then the synth is either chords and that twinkly synth, or it's the the hook riff that. Yeah, and then okay, end of the bridge, of course that gated yeah. gated echo on the toms 
That must have been uh, that Stuart on the track there, Stuart yeah. Elliott. Yeah, because he's doing basically everything that isn't just the, like, which is wild. They're like, yeah, we got this probably very expensive drum synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Price, US, 2995 Not insanely expensive for audio equipment, but probably back then. not cheap. 1982? Yeah. So 1985? Three grand? Yeah. That's probably a lot more now, right? Probably a lot inflation. more. I don't, listen, I don't know the inflation numbers, but, but it like, like it's a lot wild more. that it's like. Um, I mean, that, that's like the, the backbone of it, but it's like just. It's fairly simple for like an electronic beat to us mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. Although it is. supposedly the composition st- was originally started on the lindrum and that's the part that came in first was the right was the rhythm yeah i think it was said that they had like a lot of it really laid out by the time they were in the studio just had uh, to but, record it yeah and it was the fairlight hook so it was that fairlight cmi that was really what needed to to get figured out yeah um, um yeah you get that steady rhythm you get some uh some kind of warped voices near the end of the track oh yeah where it kind of doubles up and mm-hmm. then it's got her voice and then like a pitch shifted down yeah version of her voice which like seems to be in reference to the body swapping thing now there's two voices right one two is voices. masculine one is more masculine one is more feminine because it's just yeah. lower and higher And that's the outro, right? Yeah, and then it fades on that wind train sound. Yeah. Yeah, fuck cool song. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, like, one of those r- very 80s songs, because it's, like, kind of earlier synthesizer experimentation in pop. Yeah, that when they were really, not like... really what we do with synth so much these days. No. And the equipment is old. But, and yeah, kind of distinctive in that way. Yeah, I would say it's distinctly 80s without sounding, like, musty and dusty. Yeah, it's on the, I mean, the Peter Gabriel uh, relation is maybe obvious. I I would definitely relate it to, compare it to his output. It sounds exactly like Sledgehammer, you're right. Yeah, this is basically Sledgehammer. (laughs) No, but you're right, it's like, it's... It's of the era, but it's it sounds like a little fresh. It sounds like, you know, it's it sounds pleasing to the ear. Yeah, stands the test of time, maybe better than some others. Mm-hmm. Then say the synth solo from uh, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now. You mean the greatest synth solo ever written? I do mean that, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, can't get enough of it. I, I haven't memorized, so obviously it can't be that bad. <laughs> Uh, Alex, let's talk about another interesting part of this this song, the music video. Yeah, let's talk about the music video. So we uh, kind of foreshadowed a bit of already. We talked about how it is like it's choreographed interpretive dance. Yeah. Um, um with a few with a few twists. Um, few twists. Twists. Turns, yeah. um, <laughs> most of it takes place in this kind of like purple lit room. Yeah. And uh, with Kate Bush and then a, a man dancer that is uh michael herview michael herview um and they're both wearing these 
gray outfits that kind of have really baggy pants and then they look i mean the top it's like a leotard i guess right like it's kind of yeah uh, it's like a leotard with a with a non like skin tight bottom yeah yeah and they're they're both wearing the same thing which i think is significant for the like yeah for the like using minds thing yeah um and then the way they're dancing particularly at the start is like there's a lot of like body contact and they're sort of like meld together in certain ways because of the baggy pants especially they sort of sometimes just look like one block yeah and sometimes i was like i I was wondering if they were doing different shots when they were like rolling around on the ground because i was like wait i thought it was the dude holding kate bush is it kate bush holding the dude and then it was it's just me not paying close enough attention but (laughs) it really does blur the lines between the two yeah because of that and then there's some uh, motions of you can see like them pulling away from each other or they'll pull each other back together yeah. kind of thing in particular usually kate's trying to walk away or push away and then he'll pull her back in yeah um, um, he, he really yeah she especially in that yeah. uh that chorus she like kind of looks like she's trying to jump out of his arms and then he kind of like moves her over to each side as she does these swimming moves and stuff yeah it's, they have a thing where they like reach their hands up so I kind of find it yeah they do a couple times yeah like the back end of the uh chorus mm-hmm. around 110 is the first instance and just kind of like like sway back and forth with their arms in the air and they're like whoa they mm-hmm. look like wacky wavy arms those inflatable things that car dealerships yeah exactly like those <laughs> a little bit probably uh, the goofiest part of the video yeah it's kind of a funny move um and then there's so at some point i forget what point in the song but Mm -hmm. like she's running away from him and he kind of tackles her yeah he like chases after her he tackles her to the ground they fucking die or they at least swap (laughs) souls yeah um and then it shows the same scene but she's chasing chasing him him. yeah um and then after that, there's more of that dancing, the room change, like the lighting changes. Yeah. As purple, it's a little more like spotlit. They do briefly do the dance from Majora's Mask. If you go to like 225. <laughs> I just saw that. Um, <laughs> and oh, and there's a lot of, uh, they kind of do a bit of it there around 235, I think. They kind of do like they're pulling a bowstring, which will come yeah. up later. Yeah. That happens a few times, and I yeah. I don't know exactly what the significance is, but the cover of the single is, is also her, her pulling a bow, pulling a bow, like with an actual bow and arrow. Yeah, I don't necessarily know what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure. But if it's, it's supposed there. to be about the the unification of certain elements, like like an arrow, a bow, and a or string, like having a target, right? Yeah, and like aiming at it, like if you're going after your goal. You need to, or if it's about like how setup. how push and pull are united. If it's just like a, an opposites yeah. make a whole kind of thing, I don't know. Yeah, so there seems to be some kind of symbolism there, or maybe she was just really into archery at the time. That could be like that's possible. It is like a a single pop star's vision. So mm-hmm. there's got to be you know you can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to mean anything. That's right. Um. But uh, what does probably mean something is when he disappears into the shadows and then just a bunch of people with, with his mask, a mask of his face on. Yeah, just, well, you don't just, even see them at first because they're walking yeah. away from the camera. Camera, and then, yeah. Like, Kate Bush is trying to push through this crowd and get yeah, she back. Yeah, stampeded. But all these people are, are pulling them apart and then, like, they move into a hallway 
Mm-hmm. That's very, I don't know if it looks like any movie in particular, but it makes me think of like sci- futuristic. It's got um, sci-fi dystopia sci-fi. vibes. Yeah, sci-fi yeah. dystopia is the phrase I'm trying to think of. Especially everyone's wearing gray. And then, yeah, everyone has that dude's face. Yeah. I forget his name. Um, Michael. Michael, yeah. Michael. Michael, Michael and Kate. Michael and Kate. Hot Mike. Mike's, we call him. Someone called me Mike yesterday. <laughs> Somebody called you Mike? Yeah, well, they thought I was Mike, and I was like, I'm Alex. I'm like, oh, sorry, Alex. Damn. It's a wild story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a story of mistaken identities. Yeah, exactly. So there's more, and there's more dancing. And there's yes. big windows. And yeah, big fucking windows. And then he's also in a, is he also in a hallway at one point? She's in a hallway. She's in a hallway with a bunch of bushes. But surrounded by herself. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what ev- what everything is going on here. There's a lot of like vague imagery. Or yeah, I would say imagery. like the masks on the people is like the, the sort of separation of these two who were we're maybe seeing them clearly in love and kind of like flowing in and out of each other as one person. But then something gets in the way of that, and then they're yeah, just and maybe that's it. other people, or maybe that's other facets of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're dealing with like yeah the facets of themselves, these masks, these versions of themselves. And so Kate Bush is both lost in her versions and ideas of what Michael Herview's supposed to be, and also what she's supposed to be. So she's she's caught up in in the sort of separation rather than in that that unity that they used to have. Yeah, and it's pulling their selves apart. Yeah. Um, but they do rejoin together later on, mm-hmm. um, and then they do the bow pose like a lot. Right, that could also be a reference to like the the bullet wound kind of line, like they are, Maybe. They are consciously shooting each other because they have pretty, uh, pretty neutral faces while they're doing it. But mm-hmm. actually, a little, a little dark, a little angry. But yeah, we get them pulling these bows for a bit, so and that's how. But the it also ends. like it shows them like a couple times, like the camera pans. Yeah, and so like it looks like Kate it's a long chain pans to Mike, and then pans back. In no, not back, but continues but panning continues, in the same yeah, direction. So it pans and left. It's Kate again. And it's Kate again. So I have to wonder if she just like ran around. I feel like that would be the simplest way to do this, but I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, it might be. Yeah, you just because yeah, there's enough time. It should be to just like go around like a cameraman, yeah. and get into position and not look like you're panting from running it wasn't it wouldn't have been that far right it wouldn't have been that far and she could have she they're clearly under. in shape she could have slipped between his pajamas yeah they're clearly in shape True, she could have gone through his legs through his legs yeah yeah that's that's to say this like there's some goofy shit in here but my god the dancing is actually pretty cool and very very difficult looking yeah kate bush tends to have like some unusual dancing in her videos with a lot of yeah. like arm swinging and stuff like that. She's got some hard opinions on dance too. There's a quote regarding this oh. music video where she says, during the gap between the last album and this, I'd seen quite a few videos on television that other people had been doing. And I felt that dance, something that we'd been working in, particularly in the early videos, was being used quite trivially. It was being exploited. Haphazard images, busy, lots of dances without really the serious expression and wonderful expression that dance can give. So we felt how interesting it would be to make a very simple routine between two people, almost classic, and very simply filmed. So that's what we tried, really, to do a serious piece of dance. I mean, they probably succeeded. I'm not really a dance critic hey, or an understander of dance, but it seems like, I mean, 
in terms of what dancing is, like I said before, <laughs> expressing yourself through motion. It's like, yeah, I think they probably did that. Yeah, and it, it looks it's good. successful, right? Therefore, it is. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't speak to the history of dance or whether yeah, they nailed like, all their poses or whatever. Don't really but need to. In this yeah, case. as a spectator, I spectated this and said, "This is good." Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. Interestingly, though, somebody who didn't think it was good, a corporation called MTV. <laughs> oh, uh, MTV. MTV. So uh, Patty Bush. Yeah, he says, so Patty Bush said the thing, he said, MTV weren't particularly interested in broadcasting videos that didn't have synchronized lip movements in them. They liked the idea of people singing songs. So when they would play this song, they instead used like live concert footage of her singing the song. Oh, so weird. Yeah. They just, I mean, it seems so quaint now. They're like, no, 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 no. If the lips don't match, I know I've said this before. I'm like, oh, they can barely even lip sync this, but that's usually if they're trying to and fail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's so weird. It's such a like old timey perspective of like <laughs> just like film in general. It's like yeah. we need to see the lips moving so they know they're singing yeah. the song. If they're not tracking the song, then it, we're not going to show it. Well, we're not going to show. Gotta it. believe they're singing it so they can sing along too. How are they even going to know that's Kate Bush? She's not singing. She's dancing. <laughs> Yeah, very strange. Yeah, quite bizarre. But, and I, I don't think that's an issue anymore. No, I mean, look at some of the music videos that have like reached peak popularity. Um, even Take On Me doesn't have a lot of lip syncing in it. Like, there's some shots yeah. of the band, but it's predominantly what it's remembered for is the story scenes and the the comic book art style. Yeah, and that can't have been that had to have been around this, right? Uh, yeah, like that was Take On Me was Take On Me is. Uh, 84? It's just remember, 84. before this. So yeah, it was before this. Just, so it's like, I mean, it's just it's just a bunch of execs who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Exactly. It's a real, yeah, executives not knowing what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let me tell you this, Alex. We got to know what we're doing next. The people want to know what we're doing next. And what we're doing next is we're talking about cover versions. God damn it. We are. That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about cover versions. Talking covers, Alex, and we're starting we in the year 2007 covers. with a Natalie Gaussi. Gaussi. I was saying Gaussi or Gaussi. Gaussi in 2007. Uh, um, say it in an Australian accent. Oh, She's from Australian Idol <laughs> season five in 2007. That's right, and she Same won year, Australian Idol. Said. Yeah, in the year two thousand seven, said Johnny Cash. She won Australian Idol in two thousand seven after winning a Triple J talent contest. Triple J is a radio station in Australia. Oh, is that the one we talk about sometimes? Yeah, because they have uh, acts on to do covers and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's an Australian musician, producer, and teacher, and she did perform this song on Australian Idol. But I think this is maybe different from that because it features not quite your traditional like pop band it's laying down the, the backing Journey track. Is the name of the album, so I think right. It's just stuff that she did. Yeah, I think it's just like her show. first. Oh, you think it's just stuff she did on the show? Well, I don't know it's if become, it's from the show, but it is all. I think right, it's all songs, songs she performed. did on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's different takes. Because I don't think they would have done this like hand drumming. Like Eastern inspired, yeah. Track. Like I want to say sitar, but maybe that other thing that, that I'm blanking on the name of right now. Uh, the balalaika. 
<laughs> Maybe. What was Maybe. the other one that was in uh, Hurdy Gurdy Man? Hurdy Gurdy Man? Oh, the um, shit. The George Harrison one. Tambura. Tambura. Something like that. Something like that. It's that kind of sound. But yeah, yeah, I agree. It doesn't sound like what we normally get from talent show um, entries, which is like, go as close to the original as you can and play it as safe as you can. Yeah. This is like, this has got a, a number of different things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like different sections as well. You know, it covers yeah. a lot of ground. It almost seems like it might be trying to like, because it's fairly short, kind of show off in the talent show way. Yeah, because sure. it is a 230 track. She's cut the song in half. Um, but yeah, it really does cover, cover a lot of ground. Like, like there's that intro with the, with the tambura type sound. Yeah, doing or, the, uh, the synth riff. Yeah, and like the drums, which are definitely like, <sighs> I said definitely and then didn't really know. They're definitely drums. I'm going to say hand drums to be as vague as I possibly can, you know? Welcome to the vague drum knowledge club, vague brother. drum knowledge. Um, that's all in the intro. And then, like, there's kind of a synthesizer, too, being doing, like, the sequence thing. Or maybe a looped filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other stuff, like, there's a big guitar that, that comes in near the end. It's a little yeah. more, like, guitar pop sort of deal so yeah. there's a lot of like ground covered in this a lot one. of ground covered you got that buzzing synth at the bottom of the track here too right off the bat yep yep so oh yeah and then that bass comes in that's a little weird but that bass mm-hmm. does come in it's kind of slow like plotting bass so yeah a lot of stuff in not a lot of time it's mm-hmm. like is it too much maybe but it it's definitely more interesting than than most um yeah, then your typical talent reality show, show. Yeah, like we, ta- talent show affair that we talk about. Um, her voice is fine; like it's passable. She goes for a little more restrained approach, I think, than than Kate Bush does. It's not like a crazy out there. No, it's like, like it's, melody it's, or anything. It's like she doesn't safe. need to hit like insanely yeah. high notes or anything like that. But yeah, I guess it's all about the performance. And she doesn't have like the unusual yeah. factor to her voice that. Kate yeah, Bush I guess the one thing she does is the the if I only could at the end of the the chorus, she does a descending uh, and harmonized bit there. If I only could, 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 could. Around yeah. like fifty seconds. I would say I liked some of the sections, mm-hmm. but some of the later ones are like. Just okay. Yeah, there's a real drum focus, weirdly enough, in the verses. True. Kind of c- cuts down and right? Yeah. The second one does it. Second one does it where they add in like a kit drum. Yeah. And then but they keep some of that like like hand drumming in there, and then there's not a lot else in the track. Yeah, which is cool, but then like I guess I guess it was like the later stuff where it is more about just like guitar chords. I'm like, eh, it was more interesting before. Yeah, I liked it more when there was weird instruments coming in when you're really trying to set up a different energy. Yeah, and it's not like the most interesting guitar sound. So I was like, yeah, it's okay. yeah, it's literally just driving distorted guitar. It's basically butt yeah. rock. Yeah. <laughs> so it has some good stuff in it for sure. Yeah, I think it had a good start, weak finish. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, not the worst we've heard from talent shows, though. So I think that's why maybe I'm a li- I'm playing a little softball with it because I'm like, well, it's <laughs> it's better than a lot of other stuff we've heard in that genre of cover. But Alex, we're gonna talk about literally the whole Bolivian army in 2009. Yeah, um, incredible. Wow, that they <laughs> coordinated this well. Yeah. Um, or they're a very, very small army. Yeah, uh, Bolivia might have a small military force. Uh, and based in Tacoma, Washington. Weird. Weird. Very strange. This is an uh, indie rock band. Yeah. Tacoma, Washington. Um, And this version, honestly, sounds more like pop country. Yeah. Maybe just vocally. Yeah, it's a little more of that. Their, their Facebook page also describes them as co-ed indie rock. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, I guess if... I mean, I think that's an old description, though, because... Because they got rid of all the others, <laughs> all the women. No, it's kidding. Also, as far as I can tell, I think, well, three of them have the last name Kite. Hmm. So I don't know if it's siblings or maybe a couple and then a sibling of one. Yeah, that's hard to say for, for anyway, certain. Getting distracted by the yeah, band's like details. S- um, but no, yeah, it definitely has that. Yeah, there's a bit of country there, isn't isn't there? If you hit the line like you wanted to hear about the deal I'm making, mm-hmm. and like even like the guitar arpeggio that backs the verse, boom boom boom. Guess so. I guess it's still like country rock though. Country yeah, rock. country rock. Because there is like a fair amount of guitar, and like the beginning is <laughs> right. Yeah, it's big drum hits. Yeah, it's um. Come on, feel the noise for a second. (laughs) Just one second, though. It changes. Um, What else? What else is it? They have swapped out almost everything. Yeah, it's really like stripped for parts to just have the the instrumental. I mean, not the instrumental. The lyrics are there. Yeah. And everything else is just weird country rock pop. Yeah, but it is quite different. But yeah, I'm just a little underwhelmed by the things it turned into. Yeah. Um like there so there's there is like a constant drum beat in the intro like we uh det- discussed that there's mm-hmm. like a guitar playing arpeggios instead of the the synth riff. So like there's yeah. stuff there that have re- that has replaced everything. Um it feels smoother to me in that way that when you get those like driving distorted guitar chords you can kind of blend everything. Right. Yeah, it's a little flatter, a little smoother. Yeah. And that's it. I, I agree. It feel it felt a bit flat to me. But if you jump from the beginning to the end, there's quite a bit more going on at the end. Oh yeah, it's quite yeah loud. There's an electric guitar going. Yeah. It's um, very like textury yeah. though, and kind of a, a a version of that like really texture based guitar playing uh, that I would have associated with a few years earlier than 2009. But I guess it makes sense. 2009 right. is probably an appropriate time period, but it wasn't really like my my style of rock and roll, you know. Right. Yeah, I hear you. I can I can I can pick up what you're putting down, Alex. Yeah, there's also you get um the addition of like violin strings on the second verse. So there is like build in here. It's I think the problem might be is that everything they add is pretty generic. Whereas the things yeah. they take out are iconic. Yeah, which is a shame. Um cuz it's just less memorable. 
Yeah. But it does get quite dense. It does get quite dense. Now, do you think at the beginning of the track there, when they've got those drums going, is that supposed to be the synth hook? Nah. Nah. I don't... I don't hear it. It's just got it's just cuz it's got a different odd rhythm to it, but that's just them doing something. Yeah, it yeah. turns into a generic um, country pop rock song. Um yeah, I guess the the one other thing is uh kind of just changes like the stress on the vocals. Right. Um so the example I have here instead of if I only could mm-hmm. if I only could yeah, yeah. So, is it that significant? No, but it sounds different. But yeah, it's, oh, it's, a, little it's a little different. Um, but I, I, yeah, I didn't get much out of this one either. Yeah, you get a guitar solo. There is a guitar ser- solo. It's the type of guitar solo that has like a lot of fast strumming in it. Yeah. Um, which I am okay with that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um. But yeah, just was never really into this like kind of rock style, rock country rock thing. Yeah, and, um, just and then it does it does feel even and flat, even mm-hmm. though it's not that. And I don't know, maybe it's just such a gradual build that you never really feel the change. You know, it's a frog in the boiling water. Boiling thing. water, yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, didn't speak to me all that. Didn't speak. And yeah, and I think we lose some of the weight of the original. The original has this weighty synth. It's got these lyrics that have are dealing with like a kind of crazy concept, man. Freaky Friday over here. Yeah. And then there's just kind of none of that in this version. Like the Natalie version before, at least tried a little something with the instruments. Is like we'll build a little bit of mystery in here, you know. Deal with the the synth hook, but on a like a like a sitar or a tambura or something. But this one's just like, I don't know, fuck it, let's put some yeehaw energy in here and hope it works. Hills, they got those in the prairies. Let's go. Let's give her. So you know what? Maybe you need a bigger army for this one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you need a music video. Maybe. And if you did, it would probably just be footage of a run in Port Townsend, Washington. Yeah. Strange decision, that. Yeah, I didn't I was, even watch it the whole way through because I was like, "Wait, is this just the whole thing?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." I was trying. I I like skipped around. I was trying to figure out if there was uh, a system because they kind of have a few different things they do. Like they'll show a bit of the run. It's just a right. fixed camera with people running by. The yeah, road. kind of fading in and out. Yeah, sort of at a a forty five ish angle, more like a sixty. Um. And then to pass time, they'll do a few things. Uh, sometimes they'll just fade from one shot to a later shot. There's a section where they speed it up. Oh. I think that this happens twice. It happens in... Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. It's probably The not. bridge and then the guitar solo. Okay. There's parts where they slow it down, but I couldn't tell... like. It wasn't like, oh, we slow it down for the verses or whatever. It wasn't consistent. There's also, when they slow it down, it's sepia. Mm. Um, That's right. Yeah, there was like changing of the filter. Yeah. So like there's stuff they're doing, but I don't think it has any purpose. 
No, I would agree to that. Yeah. Although what's fun about the sped up one is that um, because of, I don't know, something about the rate that it's sped up at, um, it looks like people are just hovering by, like, <laughs> like without moving their legs. So it right. looks like everyone has heelys, though. or like several people as they go by which is kind of funny um but yeah there's not really that much going on and it's uh i mean it's probably like a charity thing because but i don't actually know yeah it's the the roadie run number 36 uh in port towns in washington it's a fun run of some kind so i imagine there's like a charity or something going on there running alex the favorite hobby of these people and also sonic the hedgehog (sighs) another sonic the hedgehog connection Uh, yeah Um, uh bentley jones what the oh. other thing about this video <laughs> yes. that is just something I noticed. Um, it's a fun like bell curve. Mm-hmm. As you can see in the start, there's a few people, you right. know, out ahead, and then a lot of people in the middle, and then a right. few stragglers. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but not really. You know who could run up a bell curve, Alex? Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> wow. And then wow. on both sides. Yeah, easy. Uh, with no problems, but we were talking about Bentley Jones in 2011. Yeah, we're talking about Yeah. This one was weird because I heard it. I listened to it without seeing the name, without seeing anything about it. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's, this guy's Japanese. 100%. <laughs> this is a Japanese man. It's not. No, it is not. But he is active in Japan. Yes. He, like, regularly appears at the, like, Sonic the Hedgehog concerts they have out there. Which <laughs> it's is all Sonic I, the Hedgehog. It's all Sonic. He, he composed uh, for, at least for Sonic 2006, he did Silver the Hedgehog's theme. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, he's done other work with Sega. So he has like regular work in that field. And so, yeah, the fact that you've mistaken him for a Japanese man is not. The reason is because of the way he pronounces some words sounds like he's a Japanese accent. Mm. But I wonder if maybe he's just picked up some vowel sounds because I assume he lives in Japan because he seems to only produce music for the Japanese market. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, but I didn't actually look up any of these details. That said, I could have, because if you go to his bentleyjones.fandom.com slash wiki slash bentley underscore jones pound the underscore birth underscore of underscore bentley underscore jones. Right. Probably yeah, actually okay. didn't need that that anything after the, the pound. Um, well, no, that would he's got an extensive <laughs> page with a lot of details about his music and career. Yeah, um, I like skimmed it and I was like, this is too much, man. I just <laughs> yeah, there's so much. Oh, yeah. Featured in the video game Sonic the Hedgehog and Release on CD. Wow. Yeah, he's got um, one that was like the title theme for one of the racing games, too. Like, he's, he's in tight with Sega. Yeah. These guys love him. And he, he does this as well. Yeah, and the, I'll tell you, the edginess of this song, not out of place in a Sonic the Hedgehog title. So <laughs> No? Where it's like very polished, but also, I don't know. It's um, polished, but like it's like, mm, what if Sonic the Hedgehog had an edge? Yeah. What if Shadow um, had a gun? I mean, Sonic is supposed to be a bit edgy. That's like half his thing. That's his, yeah, it's half well, his thing. The other not. half. He has an attitude, I guess. He's got an attitude problem. He wags He's, his finger. That's right. Can you imagine if Sonic the Hedgehog came up and wagged his finger at you? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do anything. You'd try to like be like, hey, you don't you fucking I mean, do that. If you tried run. to do anything, he could run away. Yeah. He's so fast. 
He's a fast guy. Um, <laughs> this so this is like a really big electronic version. It's, it's like big electronic emo. Emo, yeah, I can see that. And like um, some acapella at the beginning with these like breathy backing vocals. This really yeah, breathing. which is kind of like reminds me of Personal Jesus, which we just talked oh, about. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is a little bit like that, kind of, not really. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's huge, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you, like, go to the chorus, that the synths are everywhere, and there's arpeggiated line, and there's like a riff for this from the original, and there's that breathing sound, there's just so many things. But there's several sections of this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you get the more stripped down parts where it plays this, like, really processed digital piano sound. Um, more of a breakdown yeah. uh, in the pre chorus section, and then a big build kind of builds through the verses. Or, yeah. I mean, the chorus, sorry, not the verses, the chorus. Right. And what's weird is that, like, it kind of treats the second verse as a bridge almost, because the second verse has a unique musical oh yeah it goes pretty buck wild yeah compared to like it's like i i mean i said dubstep i'm it's not that i'm sure but it has elements of that and you're getting a little chopping of the vocals there and like it builds and drops into that too like the chorus is the build and then it drops into the verse which is a little odd Mm -hmm. and then it but it never revisits that and and even for the um the bridge, which is where I would expect to hear it, it just kind of like continues. It's like big synth build thing. So it's an odd structure. Yeah, it's a very, like it's a very dramatic version, and oh, yeah, yeah, with odd structure. And the way he says "could" makes him sound Japanese, which I guess I mean he speaks Japanese. So yeah, maybe he was accidentally speaking Japanese there. Maybe. <laughs> Um, what else is there to say about this one, Alex? Uh, yeah, it, like, big use of sparse sections, real synth builds, um, a lot of layering vocals, a lot of, like, echoes of lines, like, on the, is there so much hate for the ones we love? We get, a, like, a higher voice, like, is there so much hate for the ones we love? Yeah, a lot of layers, a lot of synth Yeah, a lot of layers. Um, there's eventually, like, intense, acoustic right? guitar in the mix, too. Like just acoustic strumming. guitar? Yeah, it's just, like, strumming, so you just hear, like, the, the string on finger contact or on pick contact, but it's it's there. Huh, 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 yeah. I, um... This is a lot. It's, yeah, it's a lot, really dramatic. And I think that's a fair interpretation. People accuse the 80s of being cheesy, right? Sure. And... And because it's like pretty raw emotions is what I interpret it as. Is we we you know we yeah, don't like to times. deal with all that raw emotions all the time. So this one really like leans into that with a little bit of like a two thousands emo bent. That's my hot take. Yeah, it's actually a pretty sensible take. It's just a take. Yeah, that's that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, but if you want something that gives it a little more of like an eighties like heavy metal touch, buddy. We gotta talk about Jorn in 2016. You gotta talk about it. I've been saying it, Jorn. It's probably Jorn, you're right. right. I I'm um, so bad at remembering people's like nationalities and how to hit those J's. Let's talk yeah. about Jorn in 2016. It is, <laughs> 
your so it's a it's a band named after the front man their yes. Norwegian and their metal yes a hard rock slash metal hard rock it's not slash like metal. black metal and either. this guy is like big in the Norwegian scene he's worked with bands called Ark Beyond Twilight Millennium Vagabond the Snakes and Master Plan and yeah. he's a recurring guest for the supergroup Avantasia and he voices a, a fictional singer in a League of Legends band. <laughs> League of so Legends another video band. game guy here, too. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm a little shocked to hear League of Legends band. Yeah. League of Legends is huge, and I've never but, touched it. Yeah, I've no, I don't know a damn nothing. thing about League of Legends. I didn't even watch the Netflix series. No, why would you? You don't care about League of Legends. I don't care about League of Legends. Um... Yeah, and this is a hard rock slash metal version. So this yeah. is an interesting thing, because I feel like we've come across this before. Yeah. What this is, and what this seems to be to me is like, sometimes we'll get often like European yeah. bands where they have like a particular genre. In this case, it's metal. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily a specific one, but like it could be any particular genre uh, where this band is like, just the apotheosis of that genre when they play. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like they don't necessarily have like a, a, a hook uh, or something that's interesting or different about them, but right. clearly they've, they're like insanely talented and like right. really, really good. And then they're just using that skill to be like a, a perfect version of, of whatever the genre is. Right, kind of like when you go to see like an orchestra to to bang out the classics. Yeah, I guess so. Like these guys are very skilled in classical music. It's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm they're not there to like be this individual mm-hmm. thing. They're there to be part of a rock and roll band. Yeah, they're there to represent the culture. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd say you're right because there is like my like docked marks for this one are on the instrument instrumentation, which I think leans a little bit too much towards the generic or what might be the platonic ideal of the genre, as you're kind of saying here. Yeah, like to a fault kind of Yeah, to a fault. But vocally, this thing rips. He's crazy good at singing. Clearly, yeah, he's got the pipes for it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a metal voice that would sing in this kind of song. Absolutely. Yeah, that would sing the song, and like the translation is there. Like the kind of desperation of if I only could is, is present in his vocal delivery. So, yeah. like, it works for me there and kicks ass. I think his, his singing is awesome on this. But I also have a bit of a soft spot for more, like, 80s hard rock, which this really plays into. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of elements, you get that, like, actually kind of sludgy chugging distorted guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, they do switch up uh, the harmonies at times, I think, a little bit. So it's a little more, like, it gets some, like, kind of minor stuff going on. So, like, right. in verse two, in particular, is where I'm noticing it. Um, if you go around, like, 135 or so is my timestamp, um, which I don't think happened in the original, or I right. didn't notice it. Um, obviously, they have the metal vocals, like you said, and then, like, metal backups. And then there's a little bit of that double kick. There's this, like, synth organ. Yeah. Uh, that you get in that really big hard rock and metal stuff uh, for harmonies. And then, of course, there's a guitar solo after the bridge. Um, and then they got, they do the, like, break, do a breakdown for half the verse and then build back up. Um, all that kind of stuff. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very energetic. Um, like you said, vocals are very strong and the, they're clearly very skilled, uh, musicians doing something that's not necessarily the most interesting thing to me. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, like, again, it suffers from the whole Bolivian army problem. Give me some of the original. Give me the heavy metal version True. Yeah, like, the synth line. Because, like, the energy, you're right, is 100%. And Jorn finds a way. He starts at 10 and goes up to, like, 15. Yeah. Like, he gets, you're like, there's no way he gets, it's just going to be this. He's like, if I holy could. You're like, fuck. Like, that's amazing. But, yeah, the, the instruments is all like, bump, 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 bump. Every, like, new move is like, well, I heard that in a hundred other songs from 1975. Like, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? Which sucks, because I really think his vocals are kick-ass on this, and I, I fought with myself really hard to keep this version on, because there was like 200 versions of this song I had to go through. <laughs> so many covers of this, yeah. So many. But yeah, I think vocally it's stellar, and it represents like a good twist on, like a twist that works. Like On a, on a vocal perspective, I believe the lyrics coming from this guy. I believe that he wants to body swap with his partner to, to gain a better understanding. But instrumentally, I believe that it is a cover band just trying to cover a song. That's what I have to say about this one, Alex. Did you watch the music video? I did watch the music video. Um, weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's mostly, he's just, like, it's mostly nature shots. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's like, it's nature, but it's like a lake with road access and like a dock. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of walking through the wilderness and singing, which is cool. And then sometimes it shows like usually over the lake it'll overlay like a figure skater. Yeah, from like the nineteen like from when care film was invented. Like. Or at least like it's black and white. Yeah. Um and also the lake is not frozen, but in the footage the lake is frozen. Yeah. So that's or yeah, it's like a little footage. like if you ripped a window in time. Yeah, exactly. It does and- have that Bioshock Infinite ripping yeah tearing space time kind of feel and that's cool like on its own that's a neat idea i do not understand the connection to the song to yeah is it like is it like i lost my mother yeah (laughs) this is where she used to figure skate kind of i don't know i don't know yeah if it's a song like mourning the death of somebody and then there's like ice sculptures and stuff that are superimposed over shots yeah showing a lot of like a tiger Mm-hmm. dragon i noticed the tiger and the dragon mostly yeah yeah there is so yeah there's like random images and it's not superimposed at the speed of like a like a butthole surfers video or something where it's just like to shock and awe or like the foo fighters video where it's just like mm-hmm. bam here's a baby being born here's a tiger here's the, it's like done slowly enough that you're given time to look at and go i don't know why this is here and then it disappears yeah. like surely it'll come up later and then it, like a different thing comes up later you're like hmm okay ice sculpture of like a what looks to be an undead wizard of some kind there's all kinds of i mean cool cool ice sculptures for yeah. sure uh but yeah i don't i don't really get this one yeah and beautiful winter landscape in general but yeah i do not yeah. understand its connection <laughs> to the to the source material but, yeah it's i mean it's kind of cool like i mean they, they've got the like filmic thing going on in that it's like super widescreen like you get in a theater mm-hmm. um they got this real like film grain on it although i wouldn't say the video is like super i only have 720p so come on that's not enough p yeah it's not enough p need more p <laughs> you gotta bump up that p bro uh but yeah it's uh it's odd it's, it's, it's strange um i like it better than the whole bolivian army music video there's more going on at least more there's a guy on. at least there's, at least there's a guy trying to lip sync yeah you can't have a music video there's no guy it, trying to th- lip this meets the mtv requirements <laughs> for a music video <laughs> uh. um 
speaking of big music organizations that sometimes are involved in music, Spotify once commissioned <laughs> First Aid Kit to sometimes do this are involved in music. <laughs> sometimes Spotify does music stuff, right? Eh, yeah, mostly sometimes. involved in stealing money from people, but uh, uh-huh. First Aid Kit 2018. Yes, first aid kit. They're Swedish, a Swedish folk duo, but like they have a touring band, so it's like two front people. Yeah, essentially. Uh, Johanna and Clara Soderberg. Yes. Um, maybe it's Johanna. I yeah, have no probably. idea. Gotcha, Alex. Ah. Uh, um. But yeah, like they have a backing band, but like it's mostly focuses on them. Uh, looks like they play guitar, like like an acoustic and electric guitar kind of thing a lot of yeah. the time. And then they harmonize. Yes. Um, they got some big credits. They've won some awards for being like best Swedish act featuring two sisters and sometimes a backing band. You know, all those like Brit awards, like best international act. <laughs> all that kind of shit. <laughs> it's really specific stuff. <laughs> yeah, those like uh, awards they give at awards ceremonies to be like, come on, we're we're very inclusive. They, yeah. they hand out the inclusivity award, and it's like, oh, to yeah. themselves, yeah, to themselves. <laughs> like, thank you. But yeah, that kind of stuff. So they, they've got around. They got a bit of a name, and that's why Spotify said, "Hey, please, in the year 2018, cover running up that hill for us." Yeah, um, but uh, I've never heard of them before. No, but they count in in Swedish on this. They do, which is kind of novel. Yeah, kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of like there's a lot of that guitar. Um, it, there's sort of two guitars and they play together like it yeah. starts out acoustic and then uh the electric it's picking mm-hmm. like finger picking and then the electric guitar comes in and they're layered on top of each other they're both sort of doing the same thing and then over the course of the song mm-hmm. the acoustic turns down and the electric turns up kind of thing like, overtakes it yeah um and then they they do the um harmonies and honestly i think it works like as a duet yeah it makes sense this song as a duet or sure. you know as a heavily harmonized thing um because i mean it's about two people right mm-hmm. so like even just like on that surface level it it works um and but that's kind of what i noticed about it. i don't know if you yeah i think that's uh, i think that's a solid take yeah the duo works um yeah it is a pretty sparse version it really is just like rhythm guitar a gentle kick drum and then you get some of that extra guitar electric guitar doing some different bits uh, I think it works also from the like folk perspective. They add a bit of like a like a haunting tone to it, both in their singing style and just kind of the tone of the acoustic yeah. guitar. I think part. I think that's part of the harmonies too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the harmonies they're using. I yeah. So I think tonally have, it but... conjures a bit of like what makes the original work as well, but in a folk genre rather than in this like pop avant pop. I guess you'd call it. 80s pop synth pop I'm just gonna say pop a few more times pop 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 but yeah I think it's actually like and usually like these Spotify takes are kind of not that crazy or not that good but this is one of the examples where I think it's actually a good job and it's this one's more yeah more interesting than we usually get um from a lot of them because mm-hmm. they can be they can feel rushed yeah um and maybe it is like maybe if we knew more about first day could be like ah this is what they do on every song right and they just happen to it just happened to work for this well uh but i don't want to make that assumption no 
nice little cover here. Yeah. Um, which is going to bring us into our last cover by a, by a yes. little group called Car Seat Headrest in 2021. Car Seat Headrest, long version. Yes, six and, six and a half, and a half minutes, minutes. And there's a reason for that. Yes. Um, it's because the back half of the song, the back like last like two minutes of the song is all just like, like an extended jam session. Yeah. Um, Which it's I kind of interesting enjoyed, though. Yeah. This one um, starts out very sparse and there's a lot of like layers adding. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it does build a lot. how much it grew. Yeah, and in, I think, a more meaningful way than we get from, like, the whole Bolivian army. Absolutely. And by meaningful, I mean, I thought it sounded cooler. I thought it sounded cooler. You're right. And, like, there are versions of this we would hear. Like, it starts out with this really thin, measly synth. (laughs) Really sharp cutoff on it. Um, And that would be where other cover versions would start and end their progression of the song. Like, that's what we've got. And we're going to have some twee person sing over it. And that's going to be it. Right. That's the, that's the, we sequence that. Mm-hmm. Or like they, if it was just one, you know, one person, a sequence yeah. that I'm going to sing over it. That's sing the cover. It. That's the take. But that's just the start for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, should... it builds quite a bit. You know, yeah. we add uh, has just that beat and that synth line adds a bass and a guitar, adds backup vocals, bunch mm-hmm. of vocal layers. Later on, it even gets like a kind of muted, funky strumming guitar, um, yeah. and then another guitar that's playing like licks constantly, just going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an accordion. At one yeah, point, is there? Um, if you go to like three twenty, it's like pretty low, but I think it's okay. Hang on, might be an accordion, might be synth. Oh, maybe, like maybe. Yeah, I hear it really low in the back there. I also just caught on how much the bass is jamming at that moment. The bass is jamming, and yeah, just like so many guitars. Yeah, so this one kind of like pulls a twist on you because you're like, okay, it's like some twee indie pop. And then it's like, no, secretly this is like a psychedelic jam sesh. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which, yeah, after, at the 420 mark, interestingly enough, yeah, we yeah. go into an extended jam session uh, yeah. for like two minutes. And it sounds different, like it's the same kind of sound, but like different instrumentation. And it has a very similar progression because it starts very low and then builds over the course of it. So it's almost yeah. like we're doing the same thing again, which is... Uh, yeah, I don't know necessarily how I feel about that. It's maybe not the best decision from a pop perspective, but I was kind of into it. I was into it, yeah. Cause, and but like, this is definitely more up my alley than, you know, the whole Bolivian army. I Yeah, absolutely. I think it's this more interesting as well. Um, Cart Seat Headrest, we didn't actually talk about the band itself, but they are an established yeah. act. Like, they have popular hits. Um, originally, just one dude, Will Toledo. Uh, maybe that's it. And he, he began it as a solo project in 2010, and between 2010 and 2014, released 12 albums on Bandcamp. Okay. And then got signed, and then got a full band behind him, and now he like works with a full band and does music. So he has like a pretty storied history of like solo production, and then I guess also work incorporating a band at this point in his career that you get a bit of both ends of that, right? Because we do get the solo production at the start, and we do get the full band jam at the end. Yeah. They tie together pretty well. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I know one song by Car Seat Headrest, but I, I do think it is a pretty fucking banger is song. Is it this song? No, it's Drunk Drivers slash Killer Whales. 
Okay. Another long one, a six-minute one, but uh, good listen. Good listen, that. And this album it's off of has a cover of David Bowie's Golden Years. Interesting. As well as uh, The Who's Substitute. So he's... This car seat headrest fella has similar interests to me, so it may also be why I, <laughs> I respond to this version. Watch out for the first verse to chorus. It is that like minimal stuff, and then we start kicking things in on verse two, get a little more bass in the mix, get the like guitar strumming coming in. We build up, and then yeah, we break down at the 420 mark and then rebuild up. And yeah, I like the guitar on this that had that kind of like funky groove to it. I like the bass moving along. I yeah, I thought this version was really cool. <laughs> And the fact that there's things I can miss, too. Like, you mentioned that accordion bit. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, which, honestly, I listened to it again. I'm not even sure I hear it anymore. I'm, it so might be a synth, there. but, like, there's something in the yeah. back there that has a bit of, like... A little reedy. Yeah, a little reedy quality to it. Uh, but, yeah, cool version. No music video. Alex, let's break this down in our final verdicts, because we're running just a, just a hair long here. We are. Three categories. We got the worst version, the best version, and the version who you would most like to body swap with. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Alex, worst version. What is it? Worst version. Um, um I mean, I think it's I think it's the whole Bolivian army. That there were a lot of like middle ones in this. A lot of mids, but, that's for sure. And and the whole Bolivian army ultimately is probably a middle one. Uh, it just so happens that of those middle ones, it's the one that I just like don't really like that much. Yeah. So it's not like obscenely bad, poor or anything. I didn't think, but it 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 didn't really. Um, I didn't like it that yeah, much. Yeah, I think it just had the least working in its favor. Yeah. Like other ones had higher highs than it had. Uh, so I will agree, yeah, whole Bolivian Army, worst version. Alex, what's the best version? I think we might agree on this as well. I like I said, we there's a lot of middle ones in this, but the mm-hmm. one I didn't think was a middle one was Car Seat Headrest. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, so there you go. And just and like it, even the Car Seat Headrest version almost plays it safe because it does hit on a lot of the same notes and riffs, but that was also missing in a lot of the other versions. Which was odd. I, yeah. yeah I, I guess there's so many covers of this. Yeah, tons. Just a lot of them were like exercise and dance mixes, though. So I like kind of tried to avoid those. <laughs> just because they didn't sound that different from the original, which already has like a crazy good synth hook. Like, you don't really need to build on that. But this one slipped through the cracks. And I, th- I agree. I think it is the best version. I think it is. It's just a cool take on it. And it has things I like in it. What do you want from me? But Alex, who are you going to body swap with? Who are you freaky Friday with, with with one of these artists? Who is Man, this? could you imagine body swapping with the entire Bolivian army? <laughs> that would be something, right? That would be something else. That, I mean... All five of them in Toledo to, or wherever they're yeah, from. To Bolivia. You know, you'd own Bolivia. And that's all I've ever wanted to that, Yeah, you would be a, a hive mind force. Yeah, is um, Bolivia. Bolivia. Um, good choice, Alex. Great, a great body swap. Me, I always wanted to sing like a, a Norse heavy metal man, so I got to go with Yorn. Yeah, that's a good one. I would I, abuse that until my throat hurt, and then I'd be like, sorry, I got to dip back into my own body now, Yorn. You'd <laughs> be like, what the fuck? So, sorry, man, I got to go. Sorry, bud, I got to go now. <laughs> I think Thanks I hear my ride. mom calling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, just leave him with a sore throat, and I don't know. I'd probably take twenty bucks out of his wallet or something. Because I'm a bastard. Twenty Norwegian. <laughs> twenty Norwegian dollars. Crow? I'd 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 hide it in the woods somewhere, and then <laughs> if I ever was in Norway, pick it up. K R O N E. I think it's like Krona. Cronin. Well, Alex, that does it for our final verdicts. You got a different opinion, similar opinion. Want to talk about one of the many versions we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod. At Jake the Cressy. At some Alex Wise Guy. Send us comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can email those to us as well. CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us. Hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Um, tell your friends about us. You know, you are our marketing campaign. Tell your friends. Rate and review us on iTunes or whatever they call it now. Apple Podcasts. Um, we're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, um, Yahoo Podcasts, probably, iHeartRadio, I, all of them, all of them, guys. You know we're out there. You know that. Uh, and that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, if I only could, I'd make a deal with God. I'd get him to cover me.